Okay guys, so we need to talk. In the past week, I've received emails from over five people asking me to build their app idea. And yeah, I'm sure it's a brilliant app idea that you've got and it's going to make us all millions of dollars. And the answer to all of this is no, probably not. And I wanted to explain why as well as to answer a bunch of other common questions that people have been asking me over email because I do get a lot of email as a famous internet celebrity, not to mention ex-Google, ex-Facebook software engineer. And I think you'll find this video useful and informative and you'll have a better understanding of how to communicate and network with people who may be more successful than you, people such as myself. So without further ado, let's get into it. Quick pause, this video is sponsored by Blinkist.com slash TechLead, an app that summarizes the best insights from over 3,000 non-fiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes. The first 100 people to go to Blinkist.com slash TechLead are going to get an unlimited membership for one week to try it out. And then you can also get 25% off premium if you want the full membership. Check it out, link in the description below. All right, so why won't I build your app idea? And the thing to understand is that there's so many good ideas out there. Your idea is probably fine. It's probably great, it's brilliant. And any idea can be made to work and at some point it's not going to work anymore. And you have to keep iterating and executing executing on that process to get it to work is the execution that is really the hardest part. Let's take a look at some of these emails here. We have a doctor working in the UK. They are toying around with the idea of building an app. It's going to be a PDF-based data app that allows students to search for some medical information. Yeah, sounds great. It could totally work. What if I told you that it was a brilliant app idea? And it probably is. Well, still from here to there is still a ton of work. Here's another email. He writes, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this a million dollar idea? The product idea is smart clothes, which are like electronic clothing, which in his opinion will soon be the future. You could put digital advertising on the clothes. It's great for streamers. And you know, the only problem is that he's got no capital, no team, no execution. And you know, of course, with this idea as well, yeah, it probably is the next million dollar idea. I'm not going to correct you. You're right about that. And again here, the problem is that Nobody wants to put in the work. Everybody just wants to sit back on their laurels thinking that they have this brilliant app idea and therefore they are a genius. Whereas in fact, that's how everybody in the world is. You're no different or special than anybody else. There's a lot more of these emails. Here's another one, 34 year old working class citizen in Australia, not smart enough to learn how to write code, but they want a partner to build this project to fruition that's going to eliminate global poverty and unemployment while creating greater income for average citizens and businesses. Sounds amazing. If your question is whether this is a billion dollar opportunity, the answer is yes it is, and no one's going to take it. Here's another one. I have an app idea that would change how people view the animation scene and I've been looking for a partner to help make it a reality. Well, aren't we all looking for a partner and a competent team? That's the hardest part. That's the million dollar question. That's a problem. Another one here, I have a billion dollar idea, but I need an experienced developer guru to guide me. Well, we all have billion dollar ideas. In fact, here's one. Uber. Just build a clone of Uber. In fact, that's what Lyft did, right? And that's a billion dollar company right there. You could build a clone of McDonald's. That's what Burger King did. And so there's so many billion dollar ideas out there. You don't necessarily have to come up with a brand new one all by yourself. You can simply iterate on another one. And what's really going to set your product differently and apart is going to be the execution. And that's really the hardest part. It's important to understand that everybody in the world is lazy and you should pride yourself not on the ability to come up with an idea because there's so many out there. I get so many proposals every single day, but pride yourself on the ability to execute on that idea. 
And one more bit of advice, an app is not necessarily going to be the magic solution that if you build it will suddenly make you a millionaire. A lot of app developers out there are not millionaires. It is a very competitive field. And I would recommend that if you want to get into building an app, maybe that should be the third thing that you build. Start with a prototype that is maybe a website or even a low code or no code type of solution that is leveraging other services, apps and websites out there. Like you've got Shopify, Teachable, Kajabi and other services that you can use to launch a proof of concept. And once you've proven product market fit, which is one of the hardest problems out there, but you get a group of people who really enjoy your product and are willing to pay for it. And you know, marketing is a part of this problem as well, which can also be its own challenge on its own. Then maybe at that point, you can start thinking about investing in an iOS or Android application, but take note that those are expensive, long undertakings. And there may be simpler ways to achieve what you're looking for. Now, moving on to our second batch of questions, I get a lot of emails asking me about how to get started coding, which is a very ridiculous type of question. So here somebody's asking, which technology stack to focus on, web or mobile, Flutter, React Native, Kotlin, iOS, is it better to build a website or an app, or which frameworks do you need to know should you have a startup mentality? And the problem with all of this is that you can tell that the way they're asking the questions, the goal is not to build a project. Right? If you're out to try to build a project or a website or to accomplish something with your coding skills, then you wouldn't be asking these questions like which framework should you learn? Should you learn Flutter, React Native, Kotlin, or iOS? But rather, it would be the project goal that would dictate the technologies that you would choose for that. And of course, if you have no project or goal in mind, except for say, making money, then you will always be confused about which tech stack to learn because there's no definitive absolute answer for this. You can make money using any technology out there. There's a role, a position, or job offer for virtually every framework. And you know, there's another similar question here where somebody signed up for udemy.com trying to get their feet into coding and they're very confused about how much time is enough time for them to pursue coding. Is their pace enough? Should they learn more? Should they learn less? Should they join a boot camp? And again, to me, all of this sounds like this person is viewing coding as a get rich scheme that you have to only learn a little bit of coding at some point you reach enough such that you can acquire a job and then you start raking in the dough. And I've just never viewed coding like this myself. I think it's more of a marathon. You don't just program for a little bit, but rather you become a programmer and you use the tools to build projects that you want to build. If you're getting into programming just to make a quick buck, I don't think it's going to last you very long. You'll probably burn out pretty quick. Now, the third type of question I get asked often are what I like to call non-starter type of questions. And I've received so many of these. This is the book of emails that I get where people just message me and they'll say something like, hi, hey, tech lead. I was wondering if you're the owner of tech lead, let me speak with you about a business inquiry. Okay, well, what's, what's the question? What's the business inquiry, right? There's nothing to go off of here. Someone else says, hey, uh, yeah, hey, great. I mean, I'm not sure what to do with this. Should I respond to it? I can't respond to every one of these. Hey, I'm no, I'm a teenager who wants to get into Google. I enjoyed your videos. I want to know if there's tips that can help me. It's such a general question. It's so general. I'm not even sure where to begin with something like this. This other guy asks, hey, what's holding you back? If you have questions or concerns, give me a chance to clarify them. I have a lot of questions and concerns about all sorts of things in life. And so what I'm trying to get at here is it really helps in general in life to 
Number one, assume that the person read the email or message that you sent. So I would say that most people out there, at least for myself, do read the messages and emails. It's not like I have an assistant or a team responding to my emails for me. I'm actually on the other end. And so when you approach a conversation thinking that the other person is not going to read your email or they're going to just trash it or ignore it, I think that's really a form of self-sabotage. And then the other thing that you'll notice from some of these emails, like here's somebody saying, are you interested in learning more details about this position? Or here someone asks or rather states, I really want you in this business, let's build some great things together. I might suggest that you preempt the conversation. So this is general good technique for emails in order to deliver your point across with less back and forth. But you say, if you are interested in this, then here's the details. If you're not interested, let me address your concerns. You may have these three concerns. Let me go through each of these concerns. So you kind of preemptively cover any of the questions or concerns that this other person may have, assuming the person maybe said yes or no to any of your questions. And it's kind of like a choose your own adventure that you can set up in which you cover all of the points. And so effectively, when you do that, you're giving the other person all of the information that they need to know covering the back and forth of multiple emails in a single email. And it can generally speed up your conversations, make them much more effective and efficient, especially for, say, introverts such as myself who dislike back and forth fluff talk. And also make it easy for the other person to say yes, so that all they have to do is give you the word and the whole plan goes into action. So I kind of learned this one when I used to plan photography trips with my brother. I would say, why don't we go out to Utah and photograph the rocks out there? It's gonna be great. And that idea just never moved forward, right? Because it was so hard to say yes to that. Would you say yes? It's like, well, yeah, sounds like a great idea, but what are the details? Why are people gonna stay? How much is it gonna cost? And it was only when later on, I actually made an itinerary for this and I could say, here's what we're gonna stay. Here's how long the trip's going to be. Here's how much it's going to cost. And we can average it at just 80 bucks a day. It's going to be a two week trip. It's going to be within budget. We're going to hit these five hotspots. We're going to stop at the buffet in and out of Las Vegas. And and when you can put it that way, the other person just has to say, okay, yes, that sounds great. And then the trip actually happened that way. So sometimes this does require doing more upfront work, but usually somebody has to do it to get the initiative off the ground. Now, here's another common question. People want me to be their co-founder. The answer is usually no. And here's why, because the pitch goes like this. Hey, I have an idea for a startup. It's going to be to organize this professional network and it's going to easily reach $1 million in valuation. So this is a great opportunity. Why don't you join me? And the answer is no, because it's simply money motivated. It's too money focused. And generally, if you didn't know, most startups actually implode due to co-founder infighting as opposed to any external market circumstances or forces. So really what's most important in a business relationship is getting to know the other person on a personal level and understanding their motivations, their work ethic, their drive, their personality, and building a more personal relationship with them rather than having two people who are focused on a million dollar valuation. Not to mention, I'm not even so focused on making money myself. I'm motivated by other things. Money just also happens to be a very poor motivator as research has shown. So if that's your motivation for doing anything, then I think it's not going to get you far. Now the next question, another common one, sometimes people want to work for me. Here someone's asking me to let them edit one of my raw videos so that they can build up their reel and they will even do it for free. And the answer is no for this as well. And the reason is because it is the hardest part about hiring, the reason I don't hire anybody and do everything myself is because it's so hard to get good help. So I'm talking about reliable, consistent, dependable help from people who I know are going to be there and not just disappear after say three months after they get bored. Because it's going to cost me 
time and effort to train these people to do things, get used to the workflow that I'm used to. And then if they just disappear because they have their reel, then that's just, it really does nothing for me. It's a total waste of time. And I would say that if you're able to demonstrate these qualities, then you'll never have a problem getting a job from anybody, but good help is so hard to find. Now, the other type of question I get is from a lot of people who really have no agendas. And I would suggest in general, if you have meeting invitations with no agenda, more often than not, it's a waste of time. Here's somebody's asking me that they're interested in learning about my experience at Google and how they compare to Facebook. Do I have 10 minutes to connect by phone? Well, I do have 10 minutes, but it just sounds like this meeting has really no agenda to it. It's just a conversation for nothing. And you know, like, I would decline this type of meeting simply out of respect for the other person's time because I don't want to waste this other person's time. Now, on the other hand, if this was just a friendly chit chat just for fun outside of a business context, that may be totally acceptable, but kind of out of my own politeness and respect for this other person's time, I would actually decline the meeting. And really, I would say the takeaway from all of these messages is to understand that it's not so much about business or productivity or some million dollar opportunity out there, but generally the best way to network with people is just by being real and actually caring about the other person and what they want to accomplish and trying to help them out. It's called empathy if you didn't know. And it is something that is actually in quite short supply in the world because so many people are very self-centered. Being right, being productive, more efficient, or making more money are all self-centered traits that really do not help or benefit me at all, not to mention I'm not even motivated by money. And the fact is hustlers are just generally unpleasant people to be around, kind of like car salesmen. No one really wants to be hustled. Now, one more pro tip for success is to get yourself signed up for Blinkist.com slash tech lead, an app that summarizes the best insights from over 3000 nonfiction books into just 15 minutes. Read or listen to them podcast style and you'll join over 14 million active users in becoming the best version of yourself. They have full offline support, not to mention full length audiobooks as well. Plus, they're introducing Shortcasts, where they team up with popular podcast creators to blink those for you too so you can get to the heart of a podcast episode fast. So what are you waiting for? Check them out over at Blinkist.com slash tech lead. The first 100 people will get a free one week membership and then you can get 25% off premium for the full version. Link in the description below. So be real, be genuine, and care about the other person that you're talking to, and that's the best way to network. So that'll do for me. Hope you enjoyed the video, but let me know. What are some of the communication or networking tips that you have? Post in the comments below. I will see you there. And if you liked the video, please give it a like and subscribe. I'll see you in the next one. Thanks, bye.